Hey everyone, my name is Yaro and you're listening to the Creative Nature Podcast. Today is a two-episode day, which is really exciting because um, I feel like I feel really in the back-to-school vibe. Um, my classes started this week, which is really exciting. I know I'm using the word exciting a lot. <laughs> anyway, I'm just here for this season. I love it so much and I find it to be almost like a homecoming after summer. I know that in autumn people make more time to listen to podcasts, to be home and to be crafty and those are just all things I'm really here for. So earlier I published an episode on human design on the Embodied Business Podcast and here I want to share a really beautiful conversation with Lorraine Fantuel about making a home in the world um, working with inner and outer elements, understanding the ways in which our bodies mirror the creativity and abundance of the earth, and really cultivating a relationship with our landscapes. And I think all of these different threads bring something home to me about self-trust that I've been thinking a lot, a lot about this year. There's just been a lot to navigate for all of us, a lot of change and uncertainty still, after years of a lot of that. And so... Just really appreciate Lorraine's perspective on how we can stay connected and re retain this sense of belonging here now in these times. And I hope that you'll get as much out of the conversation as I did and that maybe listening will bring a little bit of comfort and joy into your day. Also a reminder that the free business virtual weekend retreat is coming up on the 10th and 11th of September. I'll link to that in the show notes. It will be a beautiful way to dive deeper into your livelihood, um, your visions and plans, and also to meet like-minded people. After that, uh, from Monday next week, I'm running my back-to-school sale for two weeks. You can join my creative community at a pay-what-you-want rate, and you also can get 50% of all my courses, and you can join the livelihood community if you wish. So there'll be more on that in my next newsletter. But for now, I just want to share this beautiful conversation with you. Thank you for listening. <sighs> Hi, everyone. I am, as always, really exciting to dive into this conversation. I've been thinking a lot about my own relationship to the landscape, to the trees, to the people that have come before me. And I'm just always really excited to speak to like-minded people. So today I have Lorraine Fantua with me, who wrote a really beautiful book about soul authority and I think has a lot to share about, you know, how we create ritual in our day-to-day -day lives, how we work with boundaries and our own sensitivity, and how we make life more meaningful and dive into our own narratives and path towards healing. So Lorraine, thank you so much for making time. I'm really excited to talk to you. Thank you, Yaro. It's such a delight to be here with you today and with your listeners. Thank you. So I, I really love starting my conversations by asking people where they are in the world and what nature is like around them. I am in California. I am in the greater San Francisco area in a pretty small city called Pleasanton. And as you may know, it's pretty dry up here. I'm in a lonely lands and um, in the past there uh, was a much better job done in in maintaining uh, the lands and also using fire very responsibly um, so that you wouldn't have all the risks that you have today but that of course is not the only 
reason, I mean, we're part of a larger ecosystem and how I see it, working with the elements and, and also connecting those elements to our inner elements, um, we have really, I think, um, outdone ourselves with fire, with the young element, with all of that um, striving and and creating with it to an extreme um, as fire animals as the only species that knows how to cultivate and use fire we've um, taken advantage of that and been irresponsible so I think you're seeing that being reflected in certain areas of the world Australia also but yeah that is what we're struggling with today Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you for sharing. I am um, also curious about what people's creative nature is like. And I think what you're saying about fire and that relationship and being able to cultivate it, I think many of us associate creativity with fire, but it has mm -hmm. some aspects to it, right? So I would love to hear more about mm -hmm. what creative nature is like right now. You know, how would you describe your work? How is it mm -hmm. to be in practice? Yeah, that is a wonderful question. I think of our creative nature, our true nature as being aligned to being connected, being one with the creator. And also I have a very, very strong connection with Gaia as this creative mother, this creative force. And I believe that not only are we a part of of, of Gaia, I, I do believe that we have, we our bodies are an ecosystem in their own right. And each of the elements are moving through our bodies in, in the same or similar ways as they move through Gaia, through the earth and maintaining that balance, honoring that harmony and balance uh, between them, meaning our breath, I connect that with the mental body. And it's just not just me, many indigenous and other lineages. Um, for me, my Hakka Chinese ancestry um, also did similar things. Um, so thinking of our breath as air, as the mental element, fire as an energetic, um, sort of this inner heat within ourselves, this life force, passion, thinking of earth as our, our bones, our, our body, our cells, our grounding um, connected with the earth element and, of, and thinking of water, uh, our blood, our fluids, our tears, sweat, urine, all of that moving through us, nourishing and detoxing. Just thinking of all of that moving through us, just like um, they do. Uh, on the planet um, gives us, I think, much greater appreciation about this creative abundance and, and how much um, earth continues to uh, create more complex and amazing, brilliant, beautiful forms of life, mystical, mysterious. And all of that happens within our bodies, within ourselves, on so many levels of our being, not just on the physical when you look at us under a microscope, but in terms of what we're capable of um, and, and what we're able to create and, and not just in terms of physically manifest. Um, I was thinking of this question too, in terms of uh, the eco-shamanic work that I do and our 
creative healer, the stories and the journeys and the metaphors and the ways in which we can conceptualize our dis-ease and our pain and also connect with images and ideas and, and insights, what's happening within our bodies and that can land in our bodies as a truth and, and land this, this truth that our body has an affinity to when that lands in our bodies, it shifts things, it heals us. And we feel more aligned, we feel more in the flow. And, we, and also if we're writers or artists and creators, um, it definitely uh, produces answers, transformational answers and um, art and, and, and creative representation that help others. So that's how I see uh, our creative nature, not just that fire element I sometimes also get people who feel off a bit in that fire element within themselves, not able to ground it enough, not able to cool it off enough, or it being feeling a bit airy. So uh, it can definitely also um, create those, uh, those obstacles and blocks within ourselves when, when it's off balance. Yes, that's so true. I love and sometimes miss that feeling of flow so much. I was planting some seeds in my garden this lunch and it's been something that I've been meaning to do for weeks and just um, haven't had a chance. And today was the day and I loved it so much. It was so simple, felt so connected. I loved watering, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. the right the right placement and position and who needs how much sun and all of that <laughs> anyway <laughs> I would talk too much about my garden but I would love to hear a little bit more because you wrote this beautiful book and I, I wrote a book in 2020 I know it can be so hard it can bring up so much stuff and it's a really deep commitment to the creative process so I wonder can you maybe tell us a bit more about you know, how do you, how do you keep or reconnect in that kind of state of flow day to day? Mm. Yes, thank you for asking that question. I also have a garden and I have a herb garden, which I enjoy very much. It's lots of fun <laughs> growing mint and basil and green onions, parsley, uh, what else, rosemary and um time um, it, it's really fun to then use it and and cook with that so that is one part of staying grounded and and eating and preparing food you you grow yourself um for me i in my book i write about um being from suriname which is considered the most tree covered country in the world and growing up as a very sensitive empath i often hidden in the jungle. I had, uh, my, my aunt gave me a, a book a Mowgli, about Mowgli and it was the most amazing Disney picture book I had. Most books were not kid friendly and black and white and just a lot of writing. And I just could just lose myself in that book, but also in nature, I already, understood and and this is right above this country's right above brazil so mostly covered by amazon rainforest so i um i could very much relate to his predicament also identified with him quite a bit 
So to answer your question, in my book, I write about talking and communing to nature spirits and also the elements. I have maroon ancestry, African ancestry on my mother's side. And we had a housekeeper uh, who I had a close relationship with and also taught me a lot about how to connect to the elements, in particular water and Watramama, which is the water mother, and thought it was kind of weird that my parents would allow me to go into the interior without preparing me or telling me these things. But in any event, that and, and as well as my Chinese ancestry um, and just casual talk about the elements uh, made it very easy for me to assess quickly what people's personalities were um, in terms of like I thought my mother who's a principal and quite fears that she had too much water and too much earth. She could be quite rigid sometimes and set in her ways. And my father, um, the one of the Chinese ancestry, um, I felt that he was a bit too airy and too watery, very bendy and very giving and sometimes too accommodating. So I think early on, just growing up, um, that became my way of dealing with the world, dealing with human imbalances. And I left the country uh, when I was almost 14 due to a revolution. So I lost my my sanctuary, my nature, my forest sanctuary. And that's kind of what the book is about, how, how I found my way back, how I created what I call now a soul sanctuary, this inner sanctuary where you can go back inside of yourself. And I recreated all the, you know, mainly the elements and working with the tree guide, I call this process retreating, T-R-E-E -E, with with your central all-encompassing tree guide that helps you connect to us above so below equanimity um, that sort of thing very important and hard concept but um, that's what I did uh, in dealing with the blows in dealing with the losses in dealing with the setbacks so yes <laughs> to answer your question writing a book is hard but I think that maybe set me up that was probably harder and helped me to get in a good flow and have a practice. And, and before I wrote this particular book, I wrote a memoir too. And I have been in private practice as an echo psychologist, clinical psychologist since 2002. So I do this a lot with clients. I teach them these methods. And of course, my guides also make sure that um, I stay honest. So I had that practice well under my belt um, and that really helped with writing the book. Um, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And so you've been living these different landscapes, you know, adjusting in yourself and creating this inner soul sanctuary, which is by the way, such a beautiful way of thinking about it. And, and I'm wondering now that you're in California, what is your relationship to the landscape like right now and how has it been changing maybe through the pandemic I know that sheltering in place has meant for many of us that we kind of really been growing in our intimacy to what is right around our homes and I wonder what that was like for you yeah thank you um moving from Suriname and and people have a very very strong intimate connection to the land their homeland in Suriname and it's quite beautiful and mystical. I was used as to connecting with um, nature there and also all the wildlife that was all around me. 
uh, crocodilians or if you got a sight of, of little spider monkeys or butterflies. I mean, any and all of that was so wondrous that when I moved to the U.S., I got to say I was so homesick. Eventually, I had to do a soul retrieval and get my that part of myself out of the rainforest and back in my body, which... Um, too much to my surprise because when you're homesick you're just like so set in your ways right you're like that is where I want to be and that part of yourself just wants to be there but when I had that part come back into my body it felt actually much better I was much more whole I was less biased and I could be open to other landscapes I could be open to falling in love I was so used to lush landscapes and actually uh, just a week ago, I went to Joshua Tree, which is a, a desert. It's in the Mojave, Mojave Desert right here in California. And I fell in love with that landscape. And so I've been much more open to different landscapes and learning from them. I recently had a discussion with one of my clients who also has a phobia for, uh, for worms and talked about our earliest experience for me you know, watching worms getting hooked for fishing, almost eating them and, and seeing other people, you know, eat them in guava and, and fruit and just like so many negative experiences. And, and we're now healing that experience, that relationship, um, seeing them as God, seeing them as earth worms that are and other maggots and, and worms that do so much good. Um, in the world so I see all of that changing and growing and shifting and in in terms of the pandemic and what we went through uh, 10 years ago parents and I moved in uh, a much bigger house because of health issues my mother recently passed away about six months ago but in any event I designed the backyard and I designed a, a, a pond and there's a, a little flow there and um, I you know have a fire pit and and so I, I bring all that I believe is important in terms of the elements right here or I've brought it right here nearby and I try to honor it through also the gardening to composting through all the different ways that I can love just this little patch of land that I'm in and uh, also hike uh, we just went to a beautiful beach nearby we, we visit different places and just bless the land thing the land and appreciate all the different parts of it all the different aspects all the different ecosystems that mm -hmm. exist and and see them also as part of the whole and I see them as guides I use them too in my meditations they they appear and they pop up um, so so that's how my relationship to the earth and land has evolved over time that's so beautiful. Thank you. And I really loved what you said about worms and maggots. <laughs> I, seriously, I really do. I have a wormery in my garden. And I I have to admit, when I first started it, I think that was like a year and a half ago, I did feel a bit like, oh, am I going to touch them? They're going to be in my house. I don't know. But I love them so much now. And I think there's so much to learn for people about you know just like composting composting your trash I really I'm in my kitchen I'm cooking my vegetable soups and I bring you know the scraps to the warmery and I think that it's a really embodied way of um tending to 
yeah, our environment and our grief, I, I kind of imagine that the kitchen scraps are kind of, you know, my mm -hmm. grief and my losses and giving that to the worms and they're composting it. And then I take it out from under the wormery and it goes into the little seeds that I've been planting today. And I think it's a really, yeah, like I said, an embodied way of being part of the cycle of life and death. And that's so beautiful. So yay, worms, like great. <laughs> yes. and um the soul sanctuary uh, that I describe in my book and use uh, not only are you're encouraged and, and invited to connect to each of these elements, they are uh, organized in a, in a medicine wheel formation, so to speak, uh, structure, and they move um, in, 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 in a cyclical way. So spiritual composting is a term that I often use. And the way I've set it up, you start with the air element to see the bigger picture, to get the long view, to get where your usual stories have been limited um, by either cultural conditioning or just the natural limitations where fear and, and pain uh, of being in a human body causes us to avoid things and causes us to uh, think along the lines of good and bad instead of you know sort of that that rebirth um, cycle so we start with air and then go into fire uh, which I discussed the boundaries that he that overdoing not seeing enough knows often to uh, past experiences uh, that involved mistreatment and abuse uh, or just being out of touch with our true nature most of us have many stories and many experiences like that and and through our ancestral line as well so there's a lot of healing um, that needs to happen around that and a lot of realignment but in any event only when we've done that and can set the clear boundaries almost like how a fever sets a boundary where the goal is not to keep on burning and getting burned out and and continuously stay angry but it, your fever once you push out the pathogens the imbalances eventually your body relaxes and becomes more peaceful your parasympathetic nervous system all that kicks in and responds right so once you've worked with fire and really gone trust is as far as out as you need to go with the energetic boundaries then you're able to drop into earth and and really relax and ground and center yourself and that's when I also talk about the composting that needs to happen especially then when you introduce water um, after earth you you reach sort of that that sacred ground water and this is what we often tend to avoid when it comes to healing trauma and you can retroactively heal this trauma um, by regressing to earlier experiences. But what needs to happen is in your sanctuary, you're holding space for these younger cells, so, so to speak, these wounded cells. And once they ground and fully acknowledge their truth and what happens and then water comes in and that's both nourishing and detoxing letting you cleanse and, and cry and do whatever you need to but there's a certain alchemizing a certain composting that happens and this is how I see the creative process where you are repairing the short circuit of, in this cycle so right here is where all 
what you thought was so negative, so painful, has the opportunity to be transformed and turned into that compost. And you can plant the seeds and with water, then everything will feel much more regulated in the flow and you'll get into a regular stream of producing this disabundance and, and this fruit that others can benefit from. Yes, that is such a beautiful, I love the visual images that you're using mm. so much. Yeah, thank you. Um, so thinking about ourselves and our past selves and the way we relate to each other, I'm wondering what you're wishing for our collective ecosystem. And I want to say also when we're recording this, because I think as we mentioned before we started recording, times are changing all, all the time. Mm. And so I, I think of a podcast as like kind of like a limit living mm. archive of conversations. So we were mm-hmm. putting this in April 2022. And I wonder in this moment what your wishes for the collective ecosystem. Yes, gosh, we have made such a mess of things. And the way I see us right now, somebody like you, for example, I see as a mother tree, I refer to many of the sensitive empaths and empaths, uh, experts uh, that have so much to offer as endangered redwoods. And not that, you know, any other species or form of life is thus important, but I feel like some of us really have uh, this this calling, this urge to help and, and nourish and shelter and also educate many others. So I hope uh, I, I have to also be strategic in, in my influence. Of course, I would hope that everybody connects to their true nature. And my way of doing that is by uh, this method of retreating and connecting to your true self, understanding your own individual ecosystem. And I think it would be really difficult once you do that and understand inner climate denial, for example, or your own personal warming signals and how you ignore them. Um, It would be really hard to continue that practice um, outside of yourself, which I believe is happening. Um, I also believe we can't just fix that quickly without doing the inner work. So that is my hope, of course, for everybody to understand this wondrous being that who they are and understand their true nature. But my specific calling, my goal is to sort of work with influence the mother trees, the, the redwoods who really get this and just need I feel like much more validation reflection of who they are encouragement and tools um, because of so much unmet potential and and often also uh, due to greater resistance that they push back maybe that they experience being a threat being so powerful so just wanting to name all of that and I believe that these redwoods these teachers um, who often have a lot of influence reach a lot of people can help them spread this message and my hope of course for us for the whole collective ecosystem and our connection with with nature with the planet this kinship for for all of that to heal um 
on a deep, deep level for future generations. But at the same time, I'm also um, very much um, in the moment and and acknowledging, honoring what big of what what a tremendous task this is the ancestral work that needs to be done i do a lot of shamanic work also uh healing lands and and working remotely healing for example trauma that happened in war zones and on slave ships and the missions here in in california so there's a lot a lot of work to be done but i hope that healing all these relationships and getting more help from people getting more awareness of uh, how important, how wondrous, how beneficial this is for all involved, for all sentient beings, that this will take off like wildfire in a good way, in a good sense. Mm-hmm. The good kind of wildfire, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so talking about wildfires and trees, I, I wonder kind of as, as a closing question, maybe um, what do you wish more people knew about reconnecting with trees and with each other? Well, um, I, on purpose, start uh, this process of entering the soul sanctuary with connecting to the central tree in the middle of this inner soul sanctuary, this inner sacred garden that we enter to the heart center and really feel our energy balance, top and bottom, you know, look, feeling, uh, being coming, becoming aware of that and working with the tree guide. I see the tree as, and the trees as our oldest ancestors, as this sacred embodiment of connecting to all that beautiful energy that comes from our sun uh, ancestor and all our star ancestors. And so really using uh, ancestry and lineages in, in the most ancient ways, how we're all sharing this sun ancestor and then going then down into your roots all the way to the center of the earth um, and, and working with that, that fire that uh, is also uh, another ancestor, a mother ancestor, earth ancestor, really recognizing this aliveness um, uh, and, and that even though we're hopping around and jumping up and down uh, on the planet, uh, we are an intricate part. We're, we're descended. We're just a form of life of the planet. It's just an illusion um, because of that separation. And so trees um, are great reminders of that. We're just one degree away from plants and trees in terms of where we get our food and, and how dependent we are on these two ancestors. So I believe that just sitting with the tree, which I guide people to do, and leaning against this tree that you made a connection with, who agrees to work with you, this robust, sturdy, mature tree, leaning your, your backbone against it and leaning your head against it is a great way to know that earth has your back, nature has your back, but also to, I call it, make this trinity connection where you lean your head back and instead of your forebrain being so in control and future-oriented or thought-oriented, you are now resting the back of your head against the trunk. And that is just a sign of surrendering to mystery, something bigger than yourself. And then the antenna, I mean, the, the your crown above your head opens up to the antenna, kind of like the branches and leaves of the tree. So you're open to guidance. And then your forehead, your 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 
thinking brain is only receiving orders, so to speak, and guidance that you then execute. So that the, that is the first step in uh, setting up your sanctuary and being open to guidance and balancing your ego mind then further with each of the elements. So that is what I wish if there was um, I wish that I would have some people have, you know, like I love the tree sisters and they had the goal of um, planting a million trees. Maybe my goal would be teaching a million people how to retreat in that way um, and, and know that that is always available to them, whether they're inside or outside, of course, going outside and, and honoring and, and appreciating all the trees and understanding their important role and um, you know, just sequestering carbon and, and doing so much for our planet is super important. But um, since I'm a eco psychologist, I focus on what we can do in our own bodies and, and minds and with ourselves. So that would be my hope and dream, um, teaching as many people as possible to retreat in that way. And once they recognize and realize that everybody else is, is also doing that and that brings out the best in them, I hope that that will strengthen our connection and kinship and, and respect and appreciation for each other, for other humans mm-hmm. I was and not- other beings. Mm-hmm. Yes, I was nodding along as you were speaking and I love how simple yeah, deep that practice is I think there's so much to learn from just from surrendering into that interdependence I I love imagining breathing with trees for example mm-hmm. and also, especially in the pandemic have felt these moments of like really uncomfortable mm-hmm. um, vulnerability and depending on other people and needing you know needing to be outside or just needing anything <laughs> can be really mm-hmm. And so I, yeah, I love creating these moments of like just trusting that and letting that be okay. So thank you for sharing that. Is there anything else you want to talk to that maybe we haven't touched on yet that feels important to you? Yeah, I love that what you said, breathing with the trees. And um, I, I guess what I would just add to that, yes, of course, whenever we have a moment to go outside enjoy the sun on your face forest bathe all of those benefits cannot be replaced in any other way but by you know being outside in nature but so many of us are stuck inside in meetings sometimes um, in conferences with a big group or sometimes one-on-one and um, I just want to offer this that you can do this retreating inside you are as I said, your body just function, functions like an ecosystem, even, even if our ego mind tries to sabotage and block that almost all the time. Uh, we are still alive. We're still doing that. Um, so the more we can align with that, the more powerful that will be. And so sitting with the tree in your imagination or even maybe you know, when you're having lunch and doing it um, for five minutes or five minutes in between meetings or I do it while in my meeting because I can channel at the same time or write or do other things and I have taught people writers and other creatives to do this as well um, you're sitting there and you're making sure your ego mind and thinking and cognitive mind doesn't dominate the rest of your brilliance in and the mind that's that exists in your body and it in 
I, I explain it as as the mind kind of being a pool of water. Um, it, uh, it, the way we function, the ego mind tends to disconnect from other flowing bodies of water. And where I grew up, that was the most harmful thing, right? You don't approach a, a body of water that where, where there's no flowing water because of all kinds of uh, mosquito larvae or, or all kinds of things that can grow in it, even if it's organic. So we tend to think, oh, we're organic and all that, and, and it's all good. It's not good if we're not flowing and connecting to this larger web of life. So as you're sitting with the tree, one big teaching is to uh, merge or, or embody or understand how the tree works and your connection as you're breathing with the tree, um, but also understanding how each of the elements flow through the tree, how the tree absorbs that heat, that sunlight and uh, alchemizes it into sugars and food and also works with the earth, how water flows through the earth, how, um, you know, also uh, evaporation and, uh, and the clouds and the rain and all of that whole cycle of life moving around you and through the tree um, it's just a way to appreciate um, who we are in this in this larger web of life and symbolically allow each of those elements if they're off balance to communicate to us for example that you're maybe on hyperdrive or many of my um, sensitive people tend to flood they feel a lot of uh, feel flooded a lot by their emotions and how to balance that for, with more air, for example, um, sorry, with more fire, for example, greater boundaries, also more grounding, and so on and so forth, so that there's an awareness of that whole cycle as it's moving through them and, and with the trees. And this is to be practiced inside, actually, in relationship with others, in relationship with your work, in relationship with your callings, and um, all kinds of other creative pro uh, projects. Um, so that's the only other thing I wanted to add it's not just respite which is super important too but it's application and practice uh, in maintaining this way of being in the as you do any other thing in the world mm -hmm. yeah so worthwhile and I think sometimes I know this is this was true for me I would sometimes hear someone suggest me committing to a practice and just feel so overwhelmed and like oh my god how am I going to make more time for this but actually firstly it's so worth it and secondly it can be so so small I'm a really big fan mm. of making practices mm. small and accessible and letting them grow from there in whatever way we have capacity for so I love that you're offering so many different you know angles and approaches but in at its core it's really simple and beautiful so yeah Thank you so much, Lorraine. This I could listen to you forever. It's been really wonderful <laughs> to hear more about your work. And I would love to hear what you're currently offering and where people can find you. Thank you so much for having me. It was such a pleasure. Uh, my website, my online home is at www.thesacredhealingwell.com. My book was just released on April the 19th. And... Um, there is for people who live in the U.S. Uh, discount code and free shipping. 
um, and um, you could uh, provide that for them. But for those of you listening from overseas, you could use that code for eBooks. Unfortunately, my publisher does not send um, the book out internationally, but that could be used. And on my website, um, I offer many different freebies. I will be offering a diagram uh, about the sanctuary and how to set that up and the different circles of influence to move through. And that is a just a handy thing to just be able to print out. It's also in the book. Um, and there's probably other free courses, meditations, and offerings that continuously switch um, over time. So just check it out, see what's what's on there. Yes, check it out. We'll link to your website and show notes as well. Lorraine, again, thank you so much. Like I said, it was really beautiful to hear your voice. I feel more grounded and more connected after this time we spent together, which is really beautiful. And I hope people will check it out. Thank you so much. Thank you too, it was wonderful.